think I got that right. If not, I'll have to re-record this intro at some point in time. Tonight, we're having a special night where we talk to some of the Cool Room's hottest homebrewers, and uh, we are going to talk through those beers soon. But before we do, you guys in the Zoom room tonight all know where you can find out about the Cool Room packs and what we've got coming up. Uh, you go to our Facebook page and you check us out. There are still some packs available for upcoming events Next week, we have Vault City from Scotland on, uh, which is going to be absolutely amazing. It's probably one of, going to be one of our most favorite episodes, I think. I think their, their beer lineup is absolutely excellent. So get onto the Shopify store and, and check out the Facebook page to find out all the details on that one. Before we start talking about home brews tonight, uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Shane Graham who is going to join us to talk about Williamstown Beer and Cider Festival and uh, let us know what's going on with that. Um, obviously, with COVID and everything, things have changed. I am going to welcome Mr. Warren Wu, who has joined us early in the room tonight. Say hello, Warren. Hello, Warren. Perfect. <laughs> and then I'm going, to, for that. <laughs> I'm going to throw to David, who is going to talk through with Shane and let us know all the details. Uh, and then David will throw back to me and we'll open our first beer and get stuck into the homebrews. David, over to you. Thank you, Travis. Uh, fantastic to be with you tonight. Fantastic to see everyone in the room ready to talk about homebrew. Before we do that, Shane, you and I have had a few conversations. Um, I'm really looking forward to the cool room uh, being able to help out a little bit and um, no doubt get a little bit more notoriety throughout Melbourne's Western suburbs by being associated with your fine festival. Um, g'day. Thanks for having me here on the, on the uh, Cool Room podcast. A uh, pleasure, mate. Now, we're going to have you on and off over the next few weeks to sort of introduce different beers and different ciders in particular. We're going to sort of, you know, you're going to be a pretty regular visitor. Um can we just start off with perhaps a little bit of a history of what you've been doing out in Williamstown and, um, well, I guess why we're collaborating this year? Yeah, well, hopefully there's a few people in the in the room that have been to the festival. Um, so the festival started in 2013 uh, to mark the 150th anniversary of uh, the Steam Packet Hotel here in Williamstown. Uh, it was meant to be just kind of a one-off um, and it's just kind of grown from there. Uh, unfortunately, the last couple of years, due to COVID, we haven't been able to run the festival. Um, it was touch and go for November this year, um, but we just felt that with the mask rules still in place and still some questions about, um, you know, the feel of how the festival would feel with limited numbers, that sort of thing, we've decided to unfortunately wait till next year. But that's given us an opportunity to kind of revisit something that we started last year when we couldn't run the festival and that was to have Willie uh, Beer Fest in a box. And, and I reckon, so what we're probably going to do here in the cool room Zoom rooms, which I've got to say are well populated tonight, 
no doubt will be right throughout November and December. We might have a few sort of Sunday afternoon tastings where we drink, you know, a quarter of a box or, a, you know, a bit of the cider boxes. So I guess we're excited to hear, I know you can't talk about everyone who's involved in the boxes yet, but which breweries and which cideries um, can we expect to see? Yeah, um, so we, I guess we have um, uh, quite a few breweries who we, who we work with um, on an ongoing sort of basis, um, which allows them to do, you know, special festival beers for us and, and sometimes we get access to, to beers that aren't uh, out, out in the general part of the world. Um, the first one um, is uh, Stomping Ground Brewing. Um, Hop Nation, we've got a couple of beers from this year, Fury and Sun. Um, Brick Lane, St Andrews Beach, uh, East Ninth, Blackman's, uh, Bonehead and Cavalier. So, and are there a couple one. of there that you're particularly excited about when we're talking about beers? Is like, you know, which, yeah. which ones are you looking forward to having most? Yeah, there's a couple of brand newies. Um, so, which is always a bit risky because we, we kind of, um, we put the name for the brewery and then we kind of put the beer in and they say, yes, it'll be, uh, so some are being packaged literally on the day they go in the box. So oh, we, we understand um, that we're, we're going yeah. through the same thing with Moondog next week. So. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and that doesn't always work out. It mostly does, but um, so there's a brand new um, one from Stomping Ground called Big Sky Park Ale. Uh, and, I, and I do like a good ale, especially in summer. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. And, um, and talk about ciders, perhaps, because we don't, well, I don't think we've ever really had a cider conversation here in the call room. And that's yeah. the one I'm thinking that we could have a pleasant Sunday afternoon, you know, in early December, mm-hmm. where we all sit around and maybe get a couple of the cider brewers on to talk to us. Um, yep. Who have you got? And that's a separate pack. Is that right from the beers? It is. So last year uh, was the first year I said we did a, a beer pack and they sold out um, and had a lot of interest. And, um, and I guess part of the festival is really about um, not just beer, but people who, um, you know, it's, it's family friendly. So there might be someone in the, in the family who doesn't drink beer or like beer as much. So we've always uh, had cider and wine, I guess, as an add on to the festival. Um, and we got, a, we got quite a few requests last year for, you know, can you do something that's not just beer? Uh, so th- this year is a, is a trial, I guess, to see how, how um, some cider boxes go. So there's a, a pretty limited number of those. Um, but the, and it's it's not just cider in the box. So it's things that other than beer. So uh, there's quite a bit of cider. There's a couple of seltzers in there. Um, an alcoholic ginger beer, I think, is in there. And um, there is a spark a sparkling in there as well. So a bit of variety. It's not beer. Now, how do people find these delicious products? And um, I guess you know how many are left because last time we had a chat, by golly, you'd sold a a lot, there might have been, which sounds, I guess, for some people's things, there might have been 30 or 40 left of one, 15 or 20 left of the other. Though that Those numbers disappear in an instant. And um, if you've got the chat open, perhaps you can post the links where people can buy them. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll certainly um, drop the, the links in the, into the post there. So the, the boxes really only just went on sale. We did a bit of a pre-sale to people who supported us last year um, as a bit of a thank you for them. So they've, they've had a bit of an opportunity to jump in and and uh, grab themselves a box. Um, so hence, that's why they kind of run out pretty fast um, once they start doing that. Um, and they're, they're on sale to the general public, I guess, from today. So, uh, and there's, the, the easiest way is probably just to go to our Wheelie Beer Fest 
So if you just type in Willie Beer Fest in Google, um, we'll pop up there right at the top um, and you'll find a link there to the, to the page with the, with the boxes on them. Um, and the boxes don't just come with uh, the, the beer or the cider. They come with a few extras as well from the brewers. Um, so there's a, I think there's a special, there's a glass from Stomping Ground um, to put your beers in. Um, and there's, the t- uh, there's a T-shirt in the cider one, for example, Plus, there's some some offers of like taste free tasting paddles as well um, at at breweries or cider houses. So, um, some pretty good at, added value in there as well. A special edition stubby holder, which is always pretty popular. Um, so we do a a different stubby holder each year, which some people have collected. So they've asked us to make sure we do a, a new one every year. So even even though we're not running the festival, um, we've still done our special edition stubby holder this year. So you get one of those in a box as well in both boxes. So. And I guess the question I've got to ask as we sort of, you know, round things out is how much are you looking forward to having people back in the flesh next year? And um... Oh, look, we, we were so, you know, uh, this time last year um, or a bit earlier in this, in the middle of last year, we were, you know, we became reasonably confident again and it was a bit heartbreaking not to have it. And then this year, again, we sort of thought, you know, but line, you know, line ball, it, went, it was going so fast, the vaccination um, rate that, we were hopeful, but then once we trans- they transferred from the state rules to the to the federal rules, there was very little detail in there, so very hard to kind of run a festival. So we did actually start selling tickets this year, which is which was um was very hopeful, but um unfortunately, yeah, we had to kind of cancel because we it just wasn't going to have the same look and look and feel that that we're used to. So I think better to keep it to next year and make it biggest and best ever. I think. It, it's going to be awesome in the flesh next year. I really hope that mm. pool rumors get on board and enjoy some fun Sundays during late November, particularly December. And um, brother, we're going to see a bit of you during that time. Um, Sounds good. Is there anything and... else you want you need to tell us before we round things out? Like where you live, where we can come throw eggs if we don't like the beers. <laughs> if you don't like the beers, no. You know, it's one of the. It's a really tricky thing, which you guys would understand. Is trying to get a, a box of beers together that. That um you know someone likes a hundred percent of um but you know we I've we never keep achieved trying. that so if you've done you that, never achieved it well we're, we're going to keep trying so um you know this year uh, last year was there was quite a few sours in there because sours were you know pretty trendy last year um and some people love those but you know uh, if you don't like a sour then you, you know you're not going to like any sour beer I don't think so so this year a, a few, sour side of this afternoon yeah we've got one of those we've got one of those in the pack as well so. Um, Sour, fruity kind of cider. So we do, yeah. It's a, so it's a bit of a mix between trying to get some interesting things in there and, and also some more, I guess, um, standard things, but from brewers that people may not have experienced too. So because we have kind of a, you know, a wider audience, I guess, um, across the different scales of beer lovers, I guess. Um, awesome. Yeah. So what's the website that people need to find to, uh, to, to grab it direct from you? And then I'm going to yep. throw it back to my good friend, Travis. Yeah, so it's just willybeerfest.com.au. Thanks, Shane. That's a uh, great insight and we'll... Uh... We'll make sure we post the link up in the episode notes as well. Um, guys, we are about to crack open the first of our beers. Um, we are starting tonight with number four. It's the one that's in a can. Um, hopefully, you've all got it in front of you and opened it up. I've just opened mine up. Um, 
David Warren, hey. have you tried it? Yeah, it's good. I think it's really good. And you remember when we spoke to Wade from Capital, he mentioned like the dark, like how how American Pale, like the classic Sierra Nevada, is just a little bit darker than you you kind of have perhaps in your head, or definitely I had my head. Yeah, that this has that little bit of color. It's got good weight. Um, I reckon it's pretty classic for the style. Kind of something like, you know, a Ford. I'm, I'm pretty sure the brewer would love this, but it's like a, a Ford Fairlane GT uh, Torino, which is classic. Classic. Um, now, I'm pretty sure everyone sitting around drinking this beer right now knows who the brewer of this beer is. Um, for those in the Zoom room, this is going to sound horrible on, on a podcast version of this. Uh, our brewer isn't actually in shot at the moment. Um, we can see his background, but um, uh, hopefully he can hear me and he's there. Ah, oh, there he is. Um, we all know whose beer this is, yeah? Give me a nod if we know whose beer this is. Mm. This it's, was. It's a, let's be honest, it's come out of a can. So it's a, it's a home brewer who can can at home <laughs> um, or somewhere near home, I presume. Uh, Wolfman, Shannon, welcome, mate. You are the first beer we're trying tonight. Um, how are you going? Good, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, mate. Always good. We uh, this this is great. I'm really enjoying this. This is awesome. Um, tell us just as a starting point, mate. Um, give us a a bit of an insight into your home brewing journey. What got you started in home brewing? What got me started in home brewing? Um, about 22 years ago, I decided that uh, um, VB was very expensive and I could make some better stuff myself. Um, I had a bit of a hiatus after that for a few years and approximately 10 years ago, I moved into a little establishment here down in downtown Brunswick and uh, got some space and kicked it all off again. I actually had the same equipment that I used uh, in the 12, 12 years previously, uh, which was a, a fermenter, two fermenters that I bought from Brewer's Den with uh, immersion heaters and uh, purchased an old freezer and did a whole lot of research on the original home uh, Aussie home brewers. Um, so pretty much self-taught, as they say, or read a whole lot. It, consume my life for uh in the amongst of renovating a, a, an old home um consume my life about reading about home brewing about uh, different aspects of it, different recipes um brewing 20 liters at a time and then sort of transferring that or heading on into 10 years later there's stainless steel canning machines um you know it's yeah it's still a big part of my life <laughs> that's awesome that's that, that's a cool first story um the whole point of doing this episode was to to get an insight with some of our regular people in the call room that that homebrew we've always known that there's quite a few homebrewers that that come into the call room and listen to episodes and everything um give us a bit of an insight i, I want to get david and warren's take and tim's take on on what they're tasting on the beer but before you give us your insight uh, what was the inspiration for for this beer? I, I kind of know the story on this, but I want everyone else to know the story as well. <laughs> um, this beer was actually a real piss take. Um, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> this is about the fourth or fifth, sixth generation. It's not the first time I've brewed this beer. Um, but the very first time I brewed this beer was purely just to use hops that, uh, you know, the podcast viewers can't see it, but it, I'm, I'm using inverted commas, um, a traditional hops. So it's something that I entered into Big Brew and this this generation is a different yeast, um, which I like the uh the blind tasters to actually pick which yeast it is um so i used a different yeast and you know it's when when you're doing entering a beer into a competition it has to be set in between the guidelines and if you step outside the guidelines then your score diminishes from that so basically pick the hops pick the the malt profile of what the beer was going to be and and went from there Nice. And that your your little voting thing there kind of brings us to a point. Everyone that purchased the pack has a has a little card with some space for tasting notes and to give the the beer a rating out of five. So I hope everyone's got their their cards in front of them. Uh David, Warren, Tim, let's start with Maybe we should introduce Tim. This uh, mysterious Tim. I realized I did that earlier, but we what weren't recording. Um what is Tim- a Tim? <laughs> Tim from Co-Conspirators is here to critique the Brewers' beers. So maybe we'll start with Tim. He's a good friend of the podcast, and uh, he was very generous with his time when I approached him to come on tonight and have a bit of fun with us. Um, Tim, what are your thoughts on uh, Wolfman's APA? No worries. I uh, may have had... Be nice. Be nice. (laughs) (laughs) May have had one or two of Shannon's beers across the years. (laughs) Um. But now this this beer, you know, APA American Pale Ale, uh, I I think it's got a great malt body. Um, I was re- it's really interesting when he said about the hops he's chosen, and um, I'm I don't know if I've got to, if I'm game enough to call him on the hops. But so you wanted to call us call it on the yeast, yeah? Call the yeast. I can give you the hops, but call yeah. call the yeast. Call the yeast, yeah. And knowing you, it's not this is not USO five. So um. I'm it's got a little little, you know, there's a little bit of something going on in there with the yeast. Is it Nottingham? No. Ah. No. It's a quick fermenter like lot. Oh. Like, oh. Yeah. Is it a hot Kvick quick fermenter? Is it? Oh. Kvike. Here we go. Yeah. The guessing Kvike. game begins. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Very interesting. How, how hot did you ferment it at? 25C. Oh, there you go. Not super hot. Um, for those in the Zoom room, guys, uh, you guys can also guess. So throw into the chat. The chat's open. Uh, put down your guesses because um, it'll open be it interesting to hops. see if someone gets it. Um, open it up for them for the hops. Mm, yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Why does everyone think of the hops? Mm-hmm. Um. I thought the yeah, where I I was privy to to hearing that that Shannon had just got the ingredients not that long ago, and I was wondering how he was going to produce a finished product so quickly. And I think yeah, maybe pl- playing that piece of information gave me a clue on the on the yeast. <laughs> it's it's interesting you say that, Warren, because we're starting with with Shannon's beer, but Shannon was the last person to get me his beer. So 
Uh, first beer we're talking about, last to be delivered. Um, last to be picked up. Last to be picked up. That's a fair, <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Last to be picked up. Um, and, and for all those people that got packs, uh, and th- this is kind of a weird thing, I was literally taking them out of Shannon's box and putting them in the bags as I was delivering them to you because I'd picked up his beers in the morning and then went around and did deliveries. It was... Um, <laughs> It was a it was a fun day, um, David. What's your take on the beer, mate? Well, uh, first of all, my first thing I wanted to say is that I wouldn't have picked the yeast. So you know, there are times that I pretend to be ignorant of things. My ignorance on the yeast was absolute here. I, I just wouldn't have picked it, um, and I and I probably couldn't identify individual hops, but to say that it really is that sort of delicious old school. Sierra Nevada-esque, but could be Stone-esque, you know, American Pale Ale. Um, just with all the kind of flavours that I like out of that, it's that resinous without being dank, and dank's one of those words that I don't particularly like. Um, this is delicious. I could drink a lot of this, and the colour is exactly, I, I can, you know, sitting right here when we were talking with Sierra Nevada about the fact that the colours are always that sort of deeper, burnt colour. It's a magnificent looking beer in the glass and, and has kept its head still. Yeah, it's the and the malt on it, it's just it's all brilliant, mate. You've done it, you've done a smashing job. Um, why don't you give us a bit more of your insight on what the listeners should be tasting? We know we've spoken about the hops, we've spoken about the malt. Um, you said this is number what version of it? Oh, it'd be five or six. I mean, I I have at least I've got 12 taps behind me so i have always have at least two american pale ales on tap how, um, how has this changed from the first time you brewed it to this time i like to keep the hops the same um i muck around a little bit with the uh the crystal malts um but always try keeps try to keep the the hops exactly the same and um you know i'm lucky enough to obviously be part of old wives ales where i pushed a a little beer out called, uh, which we wanted to call, to call Old School David. Um, did somebody else has got a beer named Old School, so you can't tread on somebody else's toes. So purely oh, came in called uh, Old School David, and I and I was happy to license my name for that, just for the record. <laughs> well, probably could have, could have, um, but it came out as just purely American Pale Ale with a hot rod across the label. Um, which, you know, to which anybody who knows anything about anything is old school is a hot rod. Yep. Um, and that was the beer that, uh, so this beer uh, at one first place at 2019 Vic Brew. Um, it also gave me the chance to win uh, Home Brewer of the Year at, at Vic Brew in the same year. So it's, a, it's an established beer and it proves my thoughts around the hop selection. Um, because when it comes to my thoughts, when it comes to judges, they're very narrow-minded into what they think of uh, of a beer or when a selection or, or a beer is, it says that a beer must taste like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. You make a beer that tastes like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, you're pretty much on the money. So, you know, so changing the yeast is, is a fun thing to do as a home brewer, which I enjoy doing, because you can brew this beer with, you know, T, T58, a lager yeast if you, are, you know, really want to push the boundaries of, of, of what you want to do. 
Um, and this time around, they turned out to be the Quebec yeast. Um, I must say, though, that this isn't the beer that I was meant to. I was enter. wondering when we were going to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a bunch of ingredients from uh, Beer Code, not Beer Code's fault, Beer Code, good, good people, good, uh, damn it's a good man. Um, which actually took three weeks to get to my house from Tullamarine, so from Tullamarine to Brunswick. Um, so this was sort of a backup beer, but I, I wanted to showcase the yeast more than anything. That was because that that was going to be the same yeast in the in the brown IPA, um, and very similar hops. So yeah, wanted to. I could. I've got another two pale ales on tap that I could have entered, but I think having this beer with the same yeast. Um, similar hop profile and one that I really love to make. Like it's a, it's a beer that I really love to drink as well. So I apologise that I couldn't provide an IPA. <laughs> oh, I don't think you need to apologise. This is excellent. I'm, I'm loving this. So um, we, we very shortly, we're going to move on to the, the second of our, our home brewers. But before we do, Shannon, um, for, for those people out there that listen to the podcast version of this or, or that are in the room tonight and don't homebrew yet, what's your one piece of advice you give someone that's just starting out? Oh, homebrew advice. I give, I give a lot. Um, it's probably not the best advice at times. <laughs> uh, but sanitation. Sanitation is number one. If, if you can't clean something, don't bother. Just go and buy it from a brewery. Um, and, and really number two is fermentation control so you've got to have you've got to have heating and cooling particularly the, the weather we live down here in melbourne um you know we have really hot summers really cold winters you want to be able to heat your heat your, your your beer and you want to be able to chill your beer as well so and that's yeah you know, unfortunately i think that's a, a result of the quebec yeast it doesn't flock as much as what yeah. say is an so4 or a uso5 does um which, if you're into beautiful, you know, here's another version of that, of the same beer, a couple of different hops, you know, that's clear. You know, it's if you want really clean, clear beer, you really need to drop the temperature on it and you need to have that fermentation control. But sanitation is always number one in any sort of homebrew discussion in my mind. Now, now, when we ask this question of the other three homebrewers, you're not allowed to give the same answer. He's already stolen that answer, so you've got to come up with something different, yeah? Um, before we move on to the next beer, Shannon, what is next on your homebrew journey? Or, or what is the one thing that you, you want to brew that you haven't brewed yet? Ice beer. Oh. I, is it going to happen? I went through, I think it was 2020, I was sitting looking at what I was going to brew for um, Vic Brew, because Vic Brew, some of the beers you've really got to start early. You know, I've had a beer to guard that came first in 2019 that was seven years old at that stage, that I called it seven years of hell. Um, which a beer to guard means, you know, beer to save or beer to, beer to, beer to store. And I was looking through and I was just trying to find a little niche pocket of something that something I hadn't seen been brewed before, been entered before. I think it's got an ice, ice pop or an ice, ice beer. 
where basically you you take you 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 take your fermentation, you you chill it down. I still haven't worked out how I'm going to do it, by the way, but I've got this idea. <laughs> you chill it down, you remove the ice, and then you chill it down again. And you just keep removing the ice, mm. and becomes this um, you know high percentage alcohol beer. It's how Brewdog do a whole lot of their sort of ones. Yeah, they cryo freeze. Which is, you know, if you've got the ability to have a cryo freezer at home, that's, you know, I'd love that. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that ice, you know, like it's it's mm. basically it's like um, beer like, distilling beer, but mm. through um, ice freezing. distilling. Yeah. 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 So that I'm not exciting. sure how I'm going to do it. I've got I've got this idea in my head, and um, maybe it's one tough. day it'll come back to the courtroom. That sounds good, man. Um, before we, that's amazing. Move. That's such a cool idea. That blows my mind. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you do it? Like twenty liters worth too. Well, if you, I'd say I've got the ability to start off with sixty liters, but you probably end up. So, I, one of the other beers I've got on tap at the moment was a, is a uh, Imperial Cherry Berlinerweiss, which Oof. a couple of my friends in the room understand how that beer came about, but. Yeah, it started out as an as the cherry Berlinerweiss, but then quickly turned into an imperial version of a cherry Berlinerweiss, which has got twenty kilos of um, cherries on forty liters of beer, which is it turns out about nine percent. <laughs> I had a I had a friend of mine that I gave gave a can to a couple of months ago, and he tried it last night. And he messaged me and he said that beer's effing amazing. <laughs> I think that's the first so, time yeah. anyone's used the word effing on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I didn't know who I was allowed to say it on. <laughs> Shannon's <laughs> polite. Leave him alone. It's such a good play. It's not, not um, like us dirty bastards. Okay, guys, before we before we move on to, to beer number two, which is actually beer number two for those that have got the pack, let's start with David out of five. Go. Oh, on the beer we just had. Yep. Uh no, I'm, I'm not going to give it a number because it's just the kind of politician I am. So I was really struck by when Shannon was talking about the fact that you've got to brew to a certain style if you want it to be rated in things. So I love this beer and I love things like the Sierra Nevada, um, you know, pale and torpedo and related beers. I could drink this all night. So I, I could really happily give this a four, four and a half. Uh, the Kavik, to me, maybe had a little bit of sweetness, which I quite enjoyed. Um, I've just got nothing bad to say about it. But also, to me, it's just about drinking some really fun beers tonight. I don't really want to genuinely say, oh, this was the shittiest beer of the night when we get to the end of the four. I, I, I totally get what you were trying to do with this. When you were talking about why you needed to brew it the way you did, and why you won awards for it, which was a slightly disrespectful way, which I agree with, of saying, you know, you know people don't like APAs unless they taste it a certain way. You, you've just hit the marks for the style you wanted to, to, to reach. Um, I love the beer, and um, I think I'm going to love all four beers. That's, that's a perfect response. I'm glad you said that, because I wasn't going to throw to anyone else. I was going to wait and throw to other people after each beer, but that was perfect. Um, 
Wolfie, mate, this is excellent. Just so good. It's delicious. I mean, I love it. I it's mean, like it's so well balanced and. Shan, yeah, any idea so of the uh, of the ABA, um, ABV? ABV, this one sits around five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I like a nice sessionable yeah. American pale. Yeah, now it still sits within the guidelines of of what an APA is. Mm. Um, but if you want to sit down and have a good old session on, as David said, like you, you want to you drink could. lots of them. <laughs> yeah, you could drink a shit ton of them. Like it'd be easy. Yeah. yeah. It'd like, and that's I think that's a really good yeah. If you go a an APA, yeah, come on. You want to drink more than one. Um, Tim, yeah. have you got anything to add before we move on? That's a really good beer. I love um, you know, I love the spin on it with the Kvike yeast and um pick up a I, I was really impressed with the malt profile. I think it's it's classic, like Shannon said. Um, nice bit of crystal kicking about in there and uh, goes down very easy. Yeah, it's super easy. Um, guys, we are going to open up beer number two. I'm going to get Warren and Tim to try and guess who this beer belongs to. Uh, and the reason I'm getting Warren and Tim to do this is because I'm pretty sure David knows who this beer belongs to. And then David is going to ask questions of our brewer. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, let's let's have a try. I'm going to cut these bits. Oh, this is... Has everyone else opened up their second beer? Crying? Just then, yeah. Um... Oh, I have. I've only... Cut three of my digits. <laughs> I I opened it with this because that's the only thing left on my wife's desk. No. As our, okay. Um, Warren, have you tried the beer? Um. Yeah. Yep. I I have. Um. Yeah. Good. Good malt profile. There's kind of a free, kind of a green appleiness to it, to or red appleness to it too. Um, jeez, oh, I don't know who brewed there this. is something fruity on that. Yeah, you've you've got to have a guess though, because that's the part of the night that I was looking who, most forward who to. Got, who have we got left? Well, I guess the, the fact of the matter is, there's 20, 28 people in the room, which makes it a bit more difficult. And I'm what? probably we're looking at it from a point where I know who it is. Everyone. So. Um, oh, who who would brew? What is it? It's like an English IPA, apparently. Um, yeah, no idea. There you go. No idea. Tim, do you have any idea who might have brewed this beer? Hey, um, English IPA. And what are what are your first thoughts on it? Um, really picking up the esters, so Mm. it's. A yeah, no, it's definitely English in style. Um, there's some fruity esters coming on there, like a um, little bit of banana just in the yeah, background. Yeah, of, you know, banana y, apple y, pear y esters, mm-hmm. and the malt is there's a real there's quite a good depth to the malt, and I think it's it's, it's a great representation of English. And I think so, good call to whoever's brewed this. Um, Shit, I would only be guessing to know who did this. Um, 
Jane, Jane, have you picked up the mash paddle? You had a crack? Oh, yeah, good call. Wasn't Jane. David, um, do you want to introduce our second brewer of the evening and have that person unmute themselves? Well, I'm presuming that I know who it is, unless there's been one of the great swerves of all time, where the person who I would expect to brew a beer like this. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about this. Yeah, no, no, that's right. So, And who I know doesn't like, say, Nipahs, uh, had brewed a Nipah just to swerve me, to embarrass me. But I'm, I'm guessing um, this is Oliver. Is that correct? It is correct, David. Well done. Might also have something to do with the fact that you supplied the bottles that this came in. Uh, but the, no, if, you, if you're going to do the swerve, if you're going to do the whole thing, then I would have mm. uh, expected you to, to fake all of that. Um, I, I did have a moment where, where when Warren, uh, when Oliver told me that you'd supplied the bottles, I was going to get him to give the bottles to me, and then I was going to give him other bottles and then pass those bottles on to another then, brewer. I was going to can. Yeah. yeah. No, no, well, I, I would believe all of that and and right down to the because I, I would expect to be swerved. Um the fact that you would brew say a Nipa, which is a style which isn't something you like, and someone else would brew this style. Mm. But you know, our friendship, which is now 20 years or so old, is based around these kind of beers. And this is fresh and gorgeous, mate. This is just delicious to drink. Yeah, thanks. I, I, it's a style of beer that I really enjoy. And I know that some people just don't like English style beers, but I just like, I've always liked them. And I think one of the reasons that I continued homebrewing is so that I could make these styles of beer because they're really hard to come by in Australia. I think um, Three Ravens does a few English style beers, but the rest of the stuff you get by and large is imported unless you you know, go to the, the British Beer Spectacular during Good Beer Week, for instance. You Which we did. Which we did, indeed. Uh, but I love them. I, I just reckon they're, they're so different from the beers that you normally get. Um, you know, it's a lot more about the the, um, the yeast and the malt and the, um, the hops take a bit of a, a back seat. It's not sort of that in-your-face kind of, um, you know, you know that, that resinous, piney character or there's no fruitiness coming from the hops. It's, it's all about that yeast character. And, and I think many people were sort of guessing what fruits might be in it. Uh, or, none whatsoever. And that's, I think that's one of the interesting things, isn't it? How you can make those flavours without sort of adding adjunct. Yeah, absolutely. And, that's, you know, that, a lot of that comes from the, the yeast. Um, you know, I think uh, someone mentioned USO5 yeast, which is used in most, um, most beers you drink probably. It's very clean fermenting yeast. So you don't get a lot of character out of it. In those beers, it's all about the hops, whereas this is completely the opposite. It's not about the hops. The hops, you know, add a little bit to it, add the bitterness, obviously, but it's it's about those the esters and, and so the, the aromas and the flavours that you get from the hops. Oh, sorry, from the yeast. Now, people have, have have observed over the years that um we have pre-written questions in the podcast, and so Travis has uh, asked me to ask these questions of you, and and so for instance, what got you started in homebrewing? What was you know, those first couple? And um... it, it goes back uh, quite some time to uh, 1996 when I was based in Geelong. Um, a friend of mine 
was an avid home brewer. He was um, pretty much brewing the kit and kilo, which is, you know, you get this tin of concentrate from the supermarket and you get a kilo of sugar and you mix them together and you get something that approximates beer that um, isn't all that great. And I was, I was drinking, um, I was a big drinker of Coopers, which um, used to come in these old bottles, which are the ones that you, sorry for the people on the podcast, you can't see that. Um, but they're the ones that you used to take back and they'd wash them and refill them. And and, um, and I used to save these for my friend and he eventually, um, eventually I got sick of that and decided I was going to start homebrewing myself. And he bought me for my birthday at the end of 20, uh, 2000, sorry, 1996, my first homebrew kit. And that's sort of where it all started. So, you know, a hundred odd brews later and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I've, Gone sort of through the, got into steeping my grain, adding um, adding hops, got into brewing a bag with um, a, a catering urn, and then for my fortieth birthday, my better half bought me a brownmaster, which um, certainly uh, took the brewing to the next level. I think the next thing I need to do um, is just have a bit of temperature control because I didn't have any when I was brewing this, and um, and so I can't brew during summer because it just gets too hot. And, and back in the day, I think I'm right in saying that. And, and you know a little bit or two about IT and stuff like that. So you'd more or less set yourself up your own little website with your mate, Jeff. Yes. And uh, when forums were the way that people communicated on the internet, you'd set one mm. of those things up. Yeah. So we, um, we decided that we needed a place to put all of our homebrew recipes. Um, and that sort of evolved. So we started homebrewandbeer.com, which is um, still going, but we just haven't updated it for years and years. And, and back in the day, it was sort of, you know, Aussie Homebrewer and our forum um, were kind of the places that people went. And there was a lot of crossover between them. It's, it's pretty dead now, but it was fun while it lasted. And I think um, that website, um, David, was the, the, uh, was the cause of us meeting on the internet all those years ago. Well, well, that's right. So we are genuinely internet friends um, because one day I sent you a fairly long and fairly abusive email without knowing you at all. It's got to, that's just what I did for amusement on a Sunday afternoon uh, with Count Jim Thighs Moriarty, who appears here sometimes. Um, do you recall when you received the email from me and we genuinely, genuinely had never met each other? No. But it was well, about it was a beer. Well, tell the story of that beer. I think, was it about, which beer was it about, in fact? Because that's one thing that I don't remember about the, the missive that you sent me. Well, it's the beer that became, in my brewing repertoire, the Big Black Bertha. Um, oh, yes. That was the Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one that we did with, um, this is one that I, I was doing, that I did when I was still doing the, I sort of moved on from the kitten kilo beers and moved on to just doing more extract beers with a few grains and hops chucked in. And um, and it was a big beer. I think it ended up being about eight or ten percent. And it was um, it was a bit of a, in some respects, it was a disaster. A bit like this beer, which we might get to later. This every at every turn, this beer challenged me. But the um, but that imperial stout, um, uh, yeah, you know, ferments are too hot. So there was I got home from work one day and there was foam everywhere in the in the living room and goodness knows what else. But then David sent me a message um, asking, if, if, partly denying, I don't know if we should really go here, David. But, no, uh, you can, you can, you can t- what did I deny? What did I you deny? You denied um, involvement in wartime Japan, I believe. That's true. 
and um, I still deny it to this day. And I, I'm so sorry that I don't have that email anymore, and I don't think you do either. But it was, um, it was, I was quite um, intrigued when I got it because it denied involvement in wartime Japan, and then got to the crux of the matter at the end, which was I think you wanted to know. Um, a particular ingredient or something about beer. Uh, so it was a five-page email and was basically about asking how much water we should add to the in, to the recipe that you'd supplied online. And then, and then a few years later, uh, we, we actually met in person and discovered that we had uh, friends in common. And uh, then I, he, David dragged me down to the bowling club one fateful Saturday. And now, years later, I'm still the secretary of the club, so... And we've Am I getting many selected years together. tonight, by the way? Pardon me? Am I getting selected tonight for the bowls? Sure. Anyway, let's move well, on. Who would have thought the, we like, were going just... to get an insight into David's email antics of the yeah. 90s? This is and, great. And, and like the guy who brewed a chicken beer is criticising someone else for, for like their brewing. <laughs> no, I don't think I criticised. I was just questioning. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm... that's exactly what five pages of email is. I know we're getting no, no, off track. It's basically about denying what I'd done previously. The first four pages of the email were denying things I'd never done. Oh, 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 was this when? Hold on, no, no. Let's get let let's get off track a little bit. Was <laughs> yeah, sure. Was, we haven't done that. That doesn't happen here. But hold on, was this because um, Mr. Warren, great name, um, was was at one point a journalist and had written something about. Uh, David, as a uh, you know, we had no, no. Invo- we had no knowledge of each other whatsoever. Really, one day no. I used to run a fake heavy industrial company that was basically <laughs> around, and it's a long story. <laughs> was, was this in the days of Hotmail? Did you guys have Hotmail accounts, and that's why you need to <laughs> you have emails anymore? We produce fake flyers and take them to brewing festivals and claim that we had a monkey workforce that could work in outer space and we'd drop them on other people's tables and see what would happen. <laughs> and so I genuinely sent Oliver a, an email, never having met him in my life, not knowing who he was from Adam. Which was Warren, we've done, we've done almost 100 of... podcasts with this guy and we yep. didn't even know any of this. <laughs> who would have thought? But, but did, you, did you hear who's in his wallet? Like the, the picture that he has in his wallet? Have you ever... <laughs> All right, we are way off track. Let's bring this. <laughs> let's bring this let's back steer into this ship back into course. Let's bring this back onto Oliver's beer because there's still a bit to talk about here before we move on to All our. Right, let, let, third just one. a quick. There, can, so there's absolutely no fruit adjuncts here. Is that correct, Oliver? None whatsoever. I can I can tell you the ingredients if you're interested now, or did oh, you no, want to it, it reminds me when we used to make the medler beer and some of those sort of mm. things. Like it's it's got that peariness and appleiness that other people yeah. have referred to. But no, it's it, it simply, you know, it's, it's hops, it's malt, it's yeast, and it's water. That's all there is in it. Do you know what's really fascinating? And I don't know it's, if it's because it's in the bottle, but it reminds me of, of so so for people playing it at home that aren't seeing the, the actual Zoom room, it's in a Wine Stefano original Hell's bottle. But it reminds me of one of those kind of darker, more, more edgier, uh, wine Stefana, you know, one of the 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 specialty wine Stefana beers or German kind of or yeah, German. I don't know uh, German 
not necessarily lager bit, but the one that's dark is where they throw off a lot more flavor than yeah, it's kind of all those other flavors that come as kind of duck in there when when you try the darker German beers. I think you know, <laughs> the look on the look on Oliver's face is like I don't have any fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. But yeah, it's got some complexity about it. Mm, yeah, that's and that's the feeling, like a little bit more weight, a little sweetness, and that that giant complexity that you don't yeah. Yeah. I mean so so for me, this is that sort of thing that we were talking before about uh the the APA, which was a great representation of I guess what would be considered exactly what uh Shannon said about you know being a judge's version of what an APA should be. But this, to me, is a beer that I could, you know, I, I love. It's it's sweet at first. It's um, it just adds, even as it warms up, no matter what temperature it is. I can enjoy this kind of beer all night, and I just wish more people made them. Um, which is why I used to make them, and why I guess Oliver and I became friends twenty years ago. Um, I'm glad you didn't do the swerve on me. I would have liked a non if you'd have uh, picked that. <laughs> Um, we are very soon going to have a quick little break like we always do in the cool room um, and grab our last two beers out of the fridge um, before we do that though uh, Tim got any insight what are your thoughts the more you drink this uh, on the English IPA cracking yeah. beer really rate it um, yeah hats off Oliver um, I think it really shows that English IPA style. What's the ABV? About six. About six. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's still sessionable and goes down really easy. Um, I really like the. There's some complex malt in there, and then the um, the yeast is throwing some really nice esters. So it's um, yeah, really enjoyable and classically English. Well done. Thanks. Appreciate that. Can you tell us, Oliver, uh, in about the name of the beer? Um, I fucked up at one point <laughs> when I was yeah. writing out the sheets that everyone's yeah. got in front of them. Um, you decided that you sweaty. didn't want to. Sorry, what was that, David? It's supposed to be a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No, this this beer was. Um, it, it, I mentioned before, every turn this just challenged me. This beer. I overshot the um, original gravity. Um, you know, I had two stuck fermentations. I had to rack it. I had to rouse it. I had to put it on a heat pad. It just, it, you know, I was really beginning to hate this beer and I thought that it was not going to be a good beer at all. And then I was drunk one night and I said, and I was filling out the little details for Travis and I said to him, I just went, I, the only thing I could think of was little sweetie because I thought it was going to end up really sweet. Um, and then I think the next day I sent him a message saying, I want to change the name. It's, um, you know, I want to call it London Calling. And he said, oh, that's awesome. That's such a good name. And then he goes and does all of everything. He prints out everything called Little Sweetie. So thanks, Travis. That was just <laughs> kicking me while I was down. We'd it's also some... had Little Bang's London Calling on not that long ago. So they'd spent yeah. a lot of time and effort on their, you know, marketing. So... And it was also the case that 
I think I read that message when I was also really drunk and it completely slipped my mind that I actually had read the message. So Until you printed everything out and you looked at it and went, oh, no. Um, and that was literally how it went. Um, I'd printed everything out and then I looked at it and then I think I went to send you a message and realised that the message was there about the other name and I'd completely missed it. That's all good. I'm sorry. Um, we, next time you brew this for us, we can call it London Calling. Um, it's it's cracking. It's really good, mate. Mm. Such a it's really good. Um, it's it's really cool that the mm. you know the first two we've had. They're brilliant. I, I feel like all four are just going to be absolutely yep. amazing. Um, yep. What's next on your home brewing journey? What do you got happening? Oh, look, I I think I just I do a variety. I, I Brewed my first sour um, a couple of months ago, uh, which turned out really well. I, uh, it's, a, it's a quite a different, well, it's the same process, but it's just an extra step in the middle of brewing a sour. And I think, David, you've tasted it and Jane has as well. Um, and I was really happy with it. It was um, a blueberry sour. Um, so I'll probably brew more, a couple more sours coming into summer. Um, maybe the beer that I've, I've Brewed a beer um, many years ago with my mate Jeff that we were talking about before, Thomas Hardy's Ale clone, which is about 12.8% or something. I did that with a um, with malt extract all those years ago, but I, I think if I was going to brew another beer again, that would be what I'd do. Um, it's just one of those beers that you can lay down, put in the cellar and just drink one a year for you know 20 or 30 years. Um, can we just bring it back to your sour for a second? You just said David and Jane have tried your sour. Yet I came round to your house and picked up the beer and we went up on your balcony and had a beer and all you had in your fridge was colonial? What? Hang, on. <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> no, well, Travis, hang on. For the record, I haven't been up on his balcony. Oh. That might be euphemism for something. I'm not sure, but I'm, I, don't think um, I've, I don't think I've stepped think foot inside your house. It was still building it last time I was, last time I did a delivery around there, so... I think uh, the house. Trev, next time, I just need a bit of notice and remind me to put one in the fridge because okay, it, it wasn't good. in the fridge. Uh, having said that, it was a good beer on your balcony. It was a stinking hot day, though. Um, I think I got a bit sunburnt. Which Where colonial was it? The small hour, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working. Ah. So, so was I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, we're, we're going to take a quick break, finish your beer. Hello, everyone. We are back in the call room for the second half of our meet the home brewer session. We've got two more beers to get through tonight. Uh, before I throw to Warren to take us through the hazy in love, which is our beer number three for this evening. Uh, it would be remiss of me to not have a call out to our friend Hades, who is going to brew a beer for us. Um, but unfortunately uh, it didn't, didn't happen. Hades is a uh, message me the other week and, and uh, let me know a few things. He's been having a bit of a rough time. So I wanted to give him a shout out and just check in on him, make sure he's doing okay and let him know that we're all thinking of him. So we'll, uh, we'll catch up with him sometime in the near future. Uh, Warren. Hello. 
we are going to talk through the third of the beers. Um, the first two beers were cracking, and we have this. We have a fifty dollars gift card from Carwin Sellers uh, to give to the winner, but I'm not even sure we're going to even be able to do that. I think we're going to have to. Shit, yeah, we're going to have to give. Yeah, we have. If, if there's, yeah, it's hard to pick a winner. Like I'm giving all of them four and a half, whatever, because. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's that's yeah. it. It's four um, and a half hour five, whatever. But maybe as, we can just sit at Carwin with with fifty bucks and just drink it. So we each have a sip of one beer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I like that idea. We're um, all in the same space. Have we, Tim, David, Warren? Have we all opened the hazy in love? I've I've not. This is kind of different because Warren is going to introduce this beer and ask the questions, but I don't think he knows who the brewer is. I have no idea who the brewer is. Um, I, have, I simply have no idea. Um, let's it's good. Before we before we get into the questions and introduce the brewer, Tim, give us your take on what you're tasting first up. Right, yeah, just having a taste now. I smelt the hops as soon as I poured it into the glass. Mm. Um very effervescent. Um, mine is a touch flat, but that might be the bottle as opposed to the. No, mine, mine's certainly not flat. That's not a problem. Mine neither. Mm. Um, any idea who the brewer might be? No, mate. We're having three or one first. I'm sorry. Just we are having three first. Yeah. <laughs> um, David, have you opened three? No. That's what I'm asking. Which one? No, bro, should I open first? Yeah, uh, open open three, my friend. When he I love finishes. How, how David is amazingly keeping the ship on course when when it's his ship. It's but okay. It's someone okay. else's ship. Warren, <laughs> um, can you have a guess on who this beer belongs oh, I don't, to? I don't know. I don't even know who brewed. Like, let's. That's who, the point. Yeah, I know. But like, like would I? I just. Don't think it's. I think mugs would would do something more more sophisticated. Um, oh, oh, you know what? I just someone. feel like he would do something a little bit more. So but then you, again, I could say that with most of the brewers. Uh, I even though I know Max, who the brewer would Max do is. it just for shits and giggles? Like, would he do this? I don't know. It's it's lovely. Like it, it like as Tim said, the hops hit you as soon as you Well, let's let's in glass. There's a little Warren, bit Warren, no like one believes character that you too. Actually I don't know just what's going on. There. Your yeah. thing. You're just talking in a weird way. Um David, but, do you have any idea who the brewer of this beer might be? No, I've just opened it. So um I must like say while while Captain David Jack is Sparrow, isn't he? He's like hell bent on on sinking the ship. While, while David is pouring his beer, I must say this is almost on par with the mountain goat neeper that I had at the pub over lunch today. It's it's bloody good. And, and so just yeah. to be clear, I actually don't even know who all the brewers are. Yeah, neither no, do that's I, right. but that's okay too. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of liking being on the, on the outside of all this. Any ideas, David? Well, no, but can I can I give a little bit of positives and negatives about what I enjoy about it? Hundred percent. 
so it's really fresh and sort of crisp apple and so forth. It's um, coming off the back of the beer that I really just enjoyed, but it's a really clear contrast to that sort of mm. ESP yep. approach to a bitter and a pale. So even without tasting it, it's just like there's some, it's just fresh and fun. Um, Warren, you're going to ask the questions, but um, can brewer number three please let us know who it is? Thank you. Uh, define sophisticated, Warren. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was saying like mugs would brew, so I'm, in my head, Mugs would brew something like, you know, he, he would brew something a little bit left of field, like, you know, smoked something ale or, or something just like completely. But yeah, and I figured, no, Max might, Max would would you know, throw us something, his version of something that, that we've seen. I, I didn't a lot know of this recently. was your beer, brother. So that's, this, that's this is my beer. Yeah, this is my beer. Mm. Cheers. Yeah, it's it's tasty and it it says what's on it says what's on the pack. It's it's like yeah, it's a hazy, and the hops hit you as soon as you open it. Thank you. C can I be indulged in a little bit of a conversation for thirty seconds, please? Yes. Well, it's just that bit of a I don't. So you've been a part of a cool room podcast now, I guess, for two years, but I don't really remember how you found us. Do you remember how you found us and, um, you know, how are you part of the family now, which is still 30 people in the room and, you know, in, at the end of November? He had a mullet when he found us. <laughs> uh, and the mullet was like mid-lockdown. Mid, uh, mid I don't <laughs> even know, to be honest. I think it was just, might have even been Matt Belair passed me a link, um, who's another regular. Um, or it could have been, thank you very much, Shona. could have been... Um, Barney passed me a link, but it was just one of those, you know, everyone was online so much last year. I'm a pretty big craft beer nerd and looking for things to do. And, and this was like, this was the perfect thing. This was really, it hit everything I needed last year in terms of like <clears throat> giving me an excuse to drink. Not that I really needed, needed one last year, but also providing that kind of social outlet. So um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed being part of the cool room last year and this year. It's been, it's been wonderful. That's the best promo we've got. This That's season. awesome. We're, we're taking that and running 30 with seconds. it. 100%. 100%. Um, Max, what, what got you into home brewing? What, what made you decide? Is it like everyone else who just wanted cheap beer? Oh, yeah. What, what, what got you there? The story is funny, actually. Um, my partner who's sitting next to me, um, she is. Oh, we've never met the partner. Yeah. Oh, hello, hey. partner. Hello, I'm Carla. Hi, hello, Carla. Carla, the partner. And Carla, also the, the beer taster in residence. Carla drinks significantly less beer than I do, which is why she's not on, online as much as me. But um, uh, I, it's funny, I don't actually remember a conversation, but not long after we got together, we got together at the end of the year about six years ago, my fiancé, I should say. Um, and apparently at the pub one night, I mentioned that I was curious about homebrewing. I don't recall ever saying that. But then that Christmas, there was like a fermenter-sized thing wrapped up under the tree, and I had absolutely no idea what it was. What I, was it? I know. That's well, Delft, it, was, it was a fermenter. It was a Cooper's kit. And I, uh, I thought it was, was going to be some sort of life-size Oscar the Grouch thing. <laughs> it was a big gimp suit wrapped in a bit of uh, you know, foil. But, um, uh, Jeez, I know where you live, and that's so believable. 
<laughs> I was I, just I, met Cal, for God's sake. I know, now I'm bringing the tone down already. But I don't, remember, I don't remember mentioning that I was curious about homebrewing, but as soon as I got it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. And that was about six years ago, and I just got the bug, like, straight away. I did, as usual, did a couple of kits. I was lucky enough to go to a homebrew store, not Grain and Grape, which is where I go all the time because I'm just around the corner, but I went to another one in Richmond, which was one open, and a, just a random little place, and I went in there. And I think I got very good advice the first time I went in because um, I had no idea what I was doing, and I sort of asked the person, I said, yeah, Brewcraft, that's the one. I just said, hey, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I want to I want to uh, make beer. And he said, what do you like to drink? And I said, oh, you know, drink this and that. And he said, okay, well, how much effort do you want to put in? Because you can go this Cooper's kit or you can just do a little bit extra. You can just get a better yeast and you can chuck in a bit of dry hops and then it's going to, it's going to kick it up a level. And so that bit of advice really kicked me along. Um, and so I kind of got pretty hard into it. I didn't last on 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 kits for very long at all i was kind of got into into all grain with um brewing a bag within the year i was also very lucky um early on to to make a very very good um decision to start brewing with a friend of mine a, a friend i just met uh james barnard who's on here as well so shout out to him um we started brewing together pretty much straight away like i think i'd done maybe three or four kits and that was really great because he is a very big um beer drinker as well and he's got really good taste and he we started to inspire each other. I think having that other person there to kind of push me forward really, really helped. So once we started brewing together, it was kind of like we just wanted to get better and better. So, yeah, in the last five, six years, I've gone from yeah, kits and bits in a plastic fermenter, um, did about three years on the on the uh, brew in a bag in the urn, and then at the start of last year, got the stainless steel, um, got this, sorry, the uh, Brazilla, um, and then going up to about two years now. And this year, the big big sort of step up was to go from bottling to kegging. So you can see behind me, I've got the keg fridge there and I've just, the most recent purchase is a stainless steel fermenter. So yeah, I feel like I've, I've um, been sort of steadily, steadily progressing and kind of always looking forward to kind of, um, you know, just trying to improve incrementally and, and you know, really try to um, brew, uh, brew, better taste what I want to kind of taste and uh, yeah, slowly improve. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm like um, your other guests said before, it's a complete obsession. It's like, it's all I think about. It's all I read about. It's all I, you know, all the forums I'm on, all the conversations I have. It's, it takes up a lot of my mind space all the time. <laughs> so brewing. And then suddenly he has a 500 hectolitre system that he has to <laughs> solve beer for. And there's Max. Hey. Um, we, have, we have four fridges, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> four um, fridges. I love yeah, it. There's a fermenting fridge and the beer fridge and the and the and the keg fridge. There's the fridge for every every different need you have. Um, I, I like I like the fact Carla's jumped in. We haven't heard from we haven't heard from her before or very often. Uh, you seem to stumble there when you mentioned we're we're going to go off course, which surprise surprise never happens sure. here. Sure. We're going to sure. go off course a little bit. You seem to stumble a little bit there when introducing her as your fiance. Do you really a, want to go here? Yeah, yeah, yeah screw it. Let's go here. We, we're, we're being a little <laughs> indulgent with the people we love and the people who have, who have joined us on this journey. Is this a recent development? Can no, we hear the story? Uh, we, got, we got engaged just before lockdown. So um, it's, not, it's not a stumbling at all. It's it just, is um, real. It is a real Hey, <laughs> Congratulations. Which lockdown next? Uh, like literally end of 2019, we got engaged. Like December... Oh, November 2019. It was just like two years ago. So we've been engaged for the entirety of lockdown and we've survived. So yeah. 
Yes. And I think if I didn't, if I didn't have things like the cool room and things like my homebrew setup and the garage, like we just go to, I say to Carla, I'm just going to go to the pub. And she goes, what? And I go out to the garage. So that's like, if I didn't have that, I'd, I'd, we'd struggle to, you know, be a happy, healthy couple because we'd probably go insane. So. Okay, Warren, bring us back on track talking about this. I want to talk about this beer. I want to talk about this beer. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. You, you talk about the beer. You tell me, you you give us the love. Where where did it come from? Where where did the idea come from? What were you thinking? So um, I think like, uh, I mean, I kind of threw everything at this beer. Like uh, when, when uh, Travis sent the email saying IPA, I kind of had a few different thoughts. Um, and I'd been making a few, this is number three, because it's the third iteration of this recipe. Um, last year during lockdown, I tried to nail down a West Coast IPA recipe. Didn't really ever get where I wanted to go. Um, I mean, IPA is my favourite style. And I think if I, you know, if it was gun to the head, I'd probably say West Coast IPA is my favourite style. But I really love Hazy IPA. Like, I really love Nipahs a lot and I always have. Um, and I'd done a couple of recipes in a row that were kind of getting there, like getting to where I thought I wanted to taste. Um, and I thought, you know, bugger it. I'm gonna, I, was gonna, I was planning on making this recipe again anyway. I thought I'll bugger it. I'll just um, I'll do this for this time for this uh, for this event. Didn't really think about the fact that making a decent Nipah is one thing, but packaging a Nipah is really fucking t- tricky. So like really hard. So mm-hmm. it's been a like I know other other guests were saying it's been sort of a few issues. I didn't have many real mistakes or issues with this brew, which is rare, but it's been a, a struggle to not a struggle. It's been an effort to kind of get it to people who are drinking it in the way that I want it to taste. Because I know that if I, pour, if I pour it off the tap behind me, it'd be different. So so the actual recipe itself is like developed from lots of different things that I've read and seen and, and a hop combinations I've kind of been trialling out for the last similar hop combinations I've been using in the West Coast and kind of adjusting them and um, different hop, like d- different dry hop additions and dry hop amounts and volumes. But I guess for this particular beer, the biggest thing was the packaging. So I tried a whole bunch of different things. Um, the, the biggest thing was counter, counter pressure filling and also using um, Camden tablets as, as a way to drive out oxygenation in the bottle. So that's kind of a few different sort of things because I was really, really aware that like I didn't want to have a situation where I knew that the beer on that tap was not the beer that you guys were drinking in the bottle. And it's so, I mean, Nipahs are so sensitive and it's so, I'm not, not, I'm not sure that's the case. I'm like, it could be the case you're drinking completely oxidized beer. I don't know that, but that was my biggest goal was to try and like, not just make a, good, a beer that I liked, but actually, you know, keg it properly and, and carbonate it properly and, and bottle it properly. And, and I, you know, I've sent it today. I sent it to Travis in like cold storage. So mm. yeah, but the actual beer itself, I mean, it's just like, it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a hop bomb, you know, trying to do a juicy hop bomb. And I think the, the two things recipe wise is obviously the hops and I experimented with a few things. Um, heavy Amarillo, because it's my favorite hop. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of mosaic, a lot of citra. And then I tried out El Dorado for the first time on the, on the second version. So I added that more so than dry hop for this one. Yep. And then the other thing um, which I've been really experimenting with is that mouthfeel. So, you know, getting heaps of the adjuncts, heaps of oats, heaps of wheat and, trying to trying to drill down into the into the water chemistry to kind of get that pillowy mouthfeel and i think that hopefully that comes through even if the hops don't necessarily travel hopefully the mouthfeel and that that, that softness is there that's what i'm yep. you know yeah mac max have you have you had one out of the bottle that we're drinking tonight this is you're it. drinking from the bottle yeah. yep yeah, cool. yeah are you so, happy with it yeah what do you think 100 yeah, like 
I mean, I haven't had one of the taps for a few days because I, I tried to drain the entire keg trying to get this thing bottled. Um, but I think, you know, I think this the Camden is a really good, it actually works. The Camden definitely helps. Like, because um, I did a little experiment when I first kegged it, I bottled a beer without Camden and I bottled a beer with Camden and just left it alone for like three days and then poured them both out. And the difference was remarkable. Like the difference in colour was huge difference in colour. So the beer without Camden was like a brown and the beer with, with Camden had that lovely yellow. So even in that tell, tell us what Camden is. Camden is, um, I've got it right here. Um, it's mostly used in wine. It's, I think it's, uh, it's potassium metabisulfate. But it's mostly used in wine. It, it's meant to uh, prevent uh, oxidation and bacteria and wild yeast. So you, you use it like when you're doing large volumes of wine, but it's only a really, really new thing I've seen on forums very, very recently. It's not really something that's very much um, really been researched, but it's very, very new is that if you add a tiny bit to each bottle as you're bottling, it's meant to prevent oxidization in the bottle. So my process when I was bottling was, you know, each, each bottle would be sanitized and then I'd add like... Mm-hmm tiny little bit of Camden and then I'd you know purge with CO2 and then I'd fill and then I'd cap so um, just trying to really drive out any oxygen whatsoever cool uh, um, Tim got any more comments for us on, now that you're sitting on this beer for a while give us your insight um, just sort of listening to um, Max's feedback there on the beer I'd, I tend to agree that you've with you on the mouthfeel, I think you that's that that's absolutely right. And um, and I, I should clarify, I should have said this right at the start. I am by no means a beer judge whatsoever. So uh, take anything I say with a grain of salt. So um, if if you listen to Shannon, beer judges aren't what beer judges should be. So. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to throw in a question quickly. If if you brewed this, what would you improve? What would you, as as positive feedback, as like as yeah, as as good positive criticism, what would you improve? What what would you like to see in this? I've always had an opinion, and this is probably the wrong thing to say, but I find hazies and neepers are probably one of the biggest challenges on a homebrew setup. It is one hundred percent correct, and I don't brew hazy beers at home it's too hard it's a bit um you know if you want to really stretch yourself hazies and neepers are where it's at in a home on a homebrew scale it's um, can, can i can i just jump in there so so why is it hard so people who homebrew a lot might get it but why is it hard to deal with what a hazy is through a normal system well the, these beers you you've got it you know there's extra malts and you know, I, I've never brewed a, a hazy beer at home. Um, there's, you know, you've you've got a uh, you've got different um, hopping schedules and regimes to consider, and you know, hop isomerization and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's technically a different beer to brew, is what I've been told. I, I've never brewed a beer like this before. Um, I could certainly get down to t- um, talk to you for hours about how to brew a hazy, but. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's. I know they're very technically challenging. So, yeah, I, I uh, hats off to Max because I think you've done a good job. Thanks. Thank you, David. What's what's your take on it? What are you, what are you tasting? What are you feeling? Oh, I love the flavour. Um, 
it's that question for me about, you know, what is a hazy and what's not. And um, to me, some breweries, like really famous breweries, sort of overextend themselves to make things stupidly hazy to make a point of what it should look like. Um, this looks like a hazy beer rather than a clear beer, but it still has all those sort of clean flavours. And that's what I like about that one. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's not supposed to be an exercise in like, you know, making a beer undrinkable. A hazy beer should be a drinkable beer, but with carrying the characteristics of more hops, more flavour through. And I think this this one does that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That That's pretty much bang on. Um, Max, if you were to give uh, new home brewers any advice, what would it be? Hmm. I'm glad you asked. I thought it was before, actually. Um, I really think there's like, yeah, I think it's two things. I think like if you really want to make beer that you like, like you got to, you kind of, and this is what I've always tried to do, is trying to do two things at the same time, which is like really focus on like getting things right and getting the details right and like, you know, focusing on you know, doing things properly and, and nailing down recipes and nailing down styles and getting all the, all the numbers right. And that's one part of your brain, but also don't be afraid to be creative and don't be afraid to kind of throw it out the window. Like one of the things I really enjoyed, I'd make, I make wild ales and I make like spontaneous fermented beers that are really strange. And like, I don't really give them to other people to taste because they taste funky and weird, but I really enjoy doing that. And I enjoy chucking stuff in beers. I'm like, getting flowers and, and, weed, and you know, weeds out of the garden and putting them into a bit of work and leaving it in the sun for a couple of days and seeing what happens. So I think like having both those parts of your brain active at the same time is really good. And it, like, don't get too hung up on the details. Don't get too hung up on like, you know, your first or second or third or fourth beer not being amazing because like it's okay to also be creative and like have that, have a bit of that, um, that, that sort of, you know, creativity and that sort of chef's attitude, like chucking stuff in. But at the same time, you have to have a bit of the other side, otherwise it won't taste any good. So like mm. having both those things in your mind at the same time when you go in, I think is a really good attitude to have. Like, yes, look after your cleanliness. Yes, look after your sanitation. Yes, pay attention to recipes. Yes, get good quality ingredients. But if you don't hit your numbers, it doesn't matter. You know, you can be you can be able to, you know, if you, if you get to a certain point, you know what? I haven't got any of these hops. I'm going to put in some of these hops. Like be willing to experiment as well as trying to do, you know, things properly as well is there That's something on the horizon that uh you can hook david and i up with when we deliver your next round of beers well it's really i'm really upset travis that when you came over the other day i was technically in lockdown because i couldn't invite <laughs> yes. you in for a beer if i wasn't yes. technically in lockdown i would have invited you in for a beer and i'm because i've got like, three beers on tap at the moment i've got a, a belgian a schwarz beer and, a, and the hazy obviously and i was really wanting you to try the hazy off the tap so you could you could but unfortunately i was technically in lockdown so yeah, man, there's always beers on. So whenever you, and David, I was going to say to you, whenever you deliver my beer, don't chuck it in an Uber, bring it on yourself because you have a beer with me when you drop it over. Um, I still I still have a couple of Max's Eskies that he uh, gave me his beers in to return to him. So I, I think uh, we're going to have to have visit. a garage beer, mate. Absolutely right. Whenever you come around, you're welcome to come in for a beer for sure. Okay. Um, there's, there's always things on tap right? and in bottles and always stuff going on here. Let's push on. There's two more. There, there's just two really quick questions. Um, one of it, uh, what beer are you brewing for your wedding? <laughs> We've had a good question. We've had a lot of conversation about this, actually. And, um, you know, mm. Carl is a good uh, moderating force. The reason I was like, I can do all the homebrew for the wedding. And then <laughs> sort of the numbers, like, okay, so, you know, one keg, 
20 liters, that's going to be, you know, 10 people. It's like two pints each. If we have a hundred people, do the maths. Like, I'm really yeah. Yeah, so. enough for the wedding toast. Right, exactly. It's enough for a toast for the wedding. So, um, but I definitely am thinking about having the, uh, about brewing for either like the after party or the before mm. party or something. So, yep. Um, yep. And I've also got some stuff sort of like some older age stuff that's been screwed away. It's going to be bought out at the wedding. So, awesome. Really bought, so, yes. Uh, what's next on your brewing agenda? You've talked about some amazing things and, and uh, Bernie James, your drinking, your uh, brewing partner, has said, "Yeah, can confirm a couple. He's tried a couple of your, your the things that you don't share with other people. And he said they're damn good. Um, but yeah, what's next on the radar for someone who has got such a, uh, yeah, an avant-garde kind of uh, idea about brewing? Um, I think like having the taps installed now and having the stainless, I feel like there's not any." particularly big jumps that I want to make in the next year. I feel like I've been pretty satisfied at the moment with where I am in terms of my setup and stuff. So it's just kind of about nailing down some things. Like I'm really happy with this hazy recipe. I feel like I've done it a few iterations and now happy with that. So kind of like getting a few other styles that I want, that I enjoy drinking and nailing those styles down. Like I'm still not happy with my West Coast style um, recipe. So sort of nailing that down. And then I was going to say that as well. So the other thing is I also make a few, um, I make a few kettle sours as well. So um, looking at those, but also going into the summer, I'm really curious to try some alcohol beers and, you know, low and even sort of, you know, more kombucha stuff, but I really love making funky and wild stuff. So I'm a teacher. So my idea is at the start of every term, my three kegs are full. So I kind of, I plan it sort of seasonally, you know, looking at that. So that's my next year is kind of just looking ahead and going, okay, what do I want to have in my fridge at the start of every term for, you know, summer, autumn, winter, spring, and uh, sort of yep. plan it out that way. But there's no really huge jumps that I feel like I need to make at the moment. I'm pretty, pretty satisfied to kind of steady as she goes. And um, yeah, and just like keep trying to improve every, every single brew incrementally and, you know, try to make stuff that I really am proud of and enjoy drinking. And, you know, hopefully now COVID's over. People can come over and help me drain the cakes and have to drink them all myself. Ah, uh, shit, yes. Mate, I'm the closest of us all that lives to you, I reckon, out of David, me and Warren. I am there, my friend. Standing invitation, mate. Whenever you feel like a beer, come around. <laughs> we are going to move on to our fourth and last beer of the night, which is number one, ironically, um, as the last beer, which is also the very first beer that was delivered to me. Um, having said that, it was the only beer that was delivered to me. The other three I had to pick up. So uh, kudos to the person that delivered the beer, and we will talk more about that in a second. Uh, crack open the number one beer. We are finishing the night on a black IPA, which I know I think David's a bit excited about because David loves a black IPA. I, I do. I really do. Um so again, I reckon I didn't know all of them, but I, I could have a guess as to who this is. Yeah, are you, you going to guess Gippsland? before you try it, you or are you going to guess? Oh well, I, I well, I just love this style of beer, and I guess you know there's been people in this room over the, the last two years where we've had these conversations, and um, some come from oh yes, mugs part of the world, and you know. Um, have we all opened up our last one? That's got a good head on it. That's awesome. Oh, man. Smelling a beer on a podcast doesn't really work, does it? 
you're editing it, mate. You're going to make this a really tight 40-minute episode. Yes, that I am. That I am. Uh, Tim, have you cracked it open? It looks like you have. Uh, give us your thoughts, mate. Wow. We've got um, this certainly dark roast, a bit of coffee, and um, hops. There's plenty of bitterness there. And yeah, I'm really, really digging the uh, the roastiness of it. David, what are your takes on it? I haven't opened it yet. I'm Ooh. trying to make give me two seconds. Ooh. I thought you were going to throw to Mr. Warren. I am, but uh, you see, because we're in a Zoom room, Mr. Warren has vacated his seat. Um, I'm not sure where he is. For the people in the Zoom room, have you guys all opened it and trying this last beer? That's good to see. Good to see. Um, Tim, you're right on that roastiness. And the hop comes through, but I can't work out what the hop is. It's, um, but I feel like when we introduce the brewer and he tells us what's in this, I'm going to kick myself. Uh, given Warren has vacated his seat and David is just just opening his beer by the looks of them. I'm trying. I'm, I'm really curious about this bottle opener that David's using. You um, and me both. <laughs> Originally, guys, we were going to start the night on this beer because I was going to run them through uh, one to four in relation to what you, you all got. And, um, and the brewer sent me a message uh, last night and went, Black IPA with like two exclamation marks next to it. And I went, yeah, you're, you're probably right. And um, so we decided to, to change things up. Um, Warren is back. Warren has his beer. I don't think Warren's opened his beer. I feel like I'm going to edit a big chunk of this out of. Sorry, I, thought, I didn't realize it was. Yeah, sorry. No, that's all right. That's, that's okay. I think it's, it's um, the, the end of the night. Um, I feel like the more this warms up, the more interesting it's going to get. David's still trying to open his beer. There, no, you, got it. you got it. You got it. What a time to be alive. I know, right? It's, yeah. Right. Warren is, it, is opening his beer with a fork. Yeah, shit, yeah. Does it gush? Nope. Good work. Off you all, go, Travis. Because all of a sudden we forgot what bar blades are because we just drink beer out of cans. Yeah, that's it. Totally. Yeah. It's like when 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 bottle openers uh when when um screw cap wine came in. <laughs> and you yeah, could go a, yeah. buy yeah, and you could like and the I was on a focus group about about um, you know uh, the the idea of screw tap, cap wine, and we came up with a whole bunch of ideas. But the main one why everyone got onto it wasn't a wine making thing. It's just so you could rock up to a park with a bottle of wine and not have to worry about how to open the stupid thing. Okay, I'm 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 bringing this back back to beer. Oh yeah, please now. do. Yeah, um, David, Ooh. you've opened your beer. Have you tried it? No. No. 
I can though. You should try it. It's it's really good. Yeah. And I'd really like to get David's take on things before we introduce the brewer because he's he's a bit of a black IPA connoisseur. I think, uh, so. And also, this is so. Can I tell you what I? You are correct, Travis. I like black IPAs. I like intense black IPAs that have a a whole lot of other flavors. So there's a little bit of whininess about this, and I mean that in a good sense. Um, it reminds me of the, some of my favorite first ever beers I had from Hop Nation, um, which was sort of some barrel aging, a little bit of, um, uh, yeah, sort of that sort of genuine wine sort of flavor coming through. Yeah. Um, but also some chocolate and some, um, some really well-made beer. That's the, that's sort of that beautiful marriage of these things. Um, I'm told that this was supposed to be put to the end of the night, and I can understand why. It's 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 a beautiful big flavor bomb to come at the end of the night. And and I think our our brewer, last brewer for the night made a good call when he messaged me last night because I think if we had started on this, we would have had a very very different evening. Warren, do you have any idea who the brewer is? No, uh, you know, I reckon it. It's seal. It seems like mugs. I'd say mugs. Like this is the type. When I said earlier that it was something like a little bit challenging, a little bit off off kilter. I reckon mugs could do it in in a given time frame to a good quality, and it wouldn't really, yeah, any yeah. I think yeah. So whoever brewed it, even if it isn't mugs, yeah, it could work. I I like this a lot. Um, Brewer number one slash number four, do you want to tell us who you are? Thanks, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been a bit of there's been a bit of banter in the chat because a couple of weeks ago I threw everyone off the scent and said that Mugs wasn't involved in the home brewing session, and I think people actually believed me. So, um, Mugs, Outright I'm life. being called a liar. And you yeah, threw it a bloody lie. brilliant beer. Outright lie, yeah. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you did not put this first. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it really is a palate wrecker. Yeah. <laughs> in, um, in the is there coffee sense, in this? Um, there's no coffee. Um, I'm looking at my notes. There, it's it's sort of verging <clears throat> the grist. The, um, the malt bill is verging on almost a stout, a dry stout. It's about 8 or 9% roasted um, grain all up. So it's it's getting up there as, as far as a lot of stouts go. So, um, but, yeah, it's kind, kind of a stout, but not really a stout. Like, mm. usually I go a bit harder on a stout, to be honest. M- yeah, can I Mugs- ask Travis a question? Travis, what was the parameters for people were supposed to be brewing for this? Uh, they kind of weren't. I, I kind of said brew an IPA and everyone just goes and I, there's Oliver, feel free to unmute yourself and say your piece it's if you no, want. Like I, I, enjoy, I enjoy this, but like, you know, it's like, yeah. So the brief right. was an IPA. So that's right. If I so this is my first English IPA that I've ever brewed, and I made up the recipe and 
if I if I'd known that I could brew a pale ale, then I would have brewed a pale ale because I've brewed many of them before. There you go. Uh, we did we did say IPA, but I did also leave it to the brewer to a degree to. And on and to be honest, I, up until the time the beers were delivered, almost I really had no idea what we were gonna get our get our hands on. Um, Mugs, you're pretty renowned for your brewing within the cool room. As in, when I say that, most people that come to the cool room, you know, they know that you brew beer, and you know, it's it's what you talk about, and it's it's what you do. How did you get into homebrew? Um, well, I suppose my story started when I was about 18, which was about 2000, um, maybe 2003, I think. And, um, mate of mine and I, we, we sort of just dabbled, you know, being uni students at the time, like a lot of other stories go, you know, we just wanted to make cheap booze and all that sort of stuff on the side. And, um, but, you know, we weren't happy just trying and brewing every sort of beer under the sun. You know, a lot of mates who did the same thing were just happy brewing something that tastes like DB, tastes like Toys New. Um, we sort of went on this bit of a beer journey discovering, well, I think that was that same year they opened Dan Murphy's up in Hornsby in Sydney where I grew up. Um and they had a selection of, you know, British beers and German beers and, and Belgian beers. And, you know, we sat there on a few nights when we could afford to buy a few of these more expensive beers. And it's like, wow, can can we make these beers? Like, you know, we're brewing these shitty homebrew stuff. Is it possible to brew, you know, a Shimei? Is it possible to brew a a wine Hestefan, you know, is, is it possible to brew this sort of stuff? And you go to your local homebrew shop and which we're lucky enough to have. And you ask the question and they can get the, they get the yeast. They have got the yeast to do that. And the ingredients, even though it was, um, kitten kilo in those days. So that was, you know, 2004, 2005. Yeah. I think it was 2005. We brewed our first, she made clone and it was, it was the, the right yeast. Um, but And we did, you know, we, we brewed it like a 7% beer, which is like unheard of. And like all malt. And then, um, you know, it tasted shit for ages. <laughs> and then a year later, it was just like, holy, you know, holy crap, you know, something was amazing sort of happened. And then all of a sudden something just twigged. It's like, well, hang a second. There, there's this capacity to brew really good beer from home with these ingredients. All you need is the right yeast and the right ingredients. And so that was like the beginning of the beer journey sort of for me. Um, t- tell us about the yeast in this beer because I know it's pretty significant to the way you brewed it. Give us a bit of a rundown on on the inspiration for the beer and, and the brewing technique. Oh, look, there's nothing special about the, the yeast. That, I mean, this is, let's be, to be honest, this is actually US at five. So there's nothing really, I mean, there's a big bloody pitch of US at five in it. Um, mostly the grain meal is quite 
oh, I wouldn't say overly complex, but like there's a, a fair bit of Munich in there. In fact, I'd say about 40% of the grain bill is Munich. When the, the idea is to, here is to try to counterbalance the, the roastiness and the, the hop bitterness. I mean, to be honest, the hop bitterness is probably a bit higher than I was expecting, but that's mostly due to um, my setup at the moment. And my, I think my, my water profile is a bit up shit creek as far as um, – because I, I use a lot of – what my current water situation is, is half tap, uh, like half um, – because I'm on property – um, half rainwater, half bore water, so like it's quite minerally, and that that minerality definitely brings up bitterness. Like I, I have a bit of a, a problem trying to make balanced um, um, hoppy beers in this sort of environment. Whereas, like if it was to brew this same beer in in Melbourne or Newcastle or Sydney, where I've brewed previously. Um, it, the bitterness might not be as profound, um, yeah, right. which is, yeah, it's a water chemistry thing. Um, apart from that, actually the, the two, the, there's two hops in here and, um, I don't think anyone's going to pick them. Well, uh, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge out to people like try to pick the hops. They're both very high alpha and that's all I'm going to tell people. Tim, can you pick the hops? Oh. <laughs> Just to put you on the spot. Just throw me to the wolves. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so two hops. They're high alpha. Very high alpha. Very high alpha. Very high alpha. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, is it warrior in there? Which one? Is that sorry. Warrior. Oh. oh no 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 no. I'm trying. I'm, I'm racking my brain for high alpha hops, <laughs> and. Um, Oh, shit. I don't know. No. Couldn't tell you. They're actually both Australian, interestingly enough. Australian hops. They're mm. both Australian hops, even though, it, like, and I totally agree that it sort of has this American sort of idea behind it. It's um, Vic Secret and Topaz. Oof. Oh, yeah. No one was ever going to get them. Maybe Vic well, Secret. Vic Secret. I thought Vic Secret was a bit more um, fruity than that, but it's very, yeah, it's quite dank and mm, it's a lovely hop. Yeah. But, but anyway, like, yeah, I, I suppose my inspiration behind this was sort of going down the lines of a, a kaiju, or well, wearing the kaiju shirt, um, like a kaiju sort of style black IPA where. Mm. No holds barred bitterness. Um, it's probably it probably landed a bit um, not as potent as I was originally expecting. I mean, it's I say six and a half, but it's probably it might be closer to seven. But even then, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> and and, the, and I've got written down here bitterness is forty four, and I'm like, you're joking yourself. That's forty four. It's closer to about eighty. Yeah. Um, it's got that bit. It, the bitter hit on the back of the tongue's pretty huge, man. It's it's big, like and but the, once again, I think that's mostly my process. I'm not being. I'm not. I don't have the capacity to cool things down that quickly. So um, there's a bit of well, not so much hop creep, but bitterness creep there. 
Um, like, there, there's a lot of things I sort of would have liked to have done better with this. Had curious question: How would it have gone if we had have taken it out of the fridge at the beginning of the night and let it warmed up? What do you think? What's sort of what I did with it? Um, um, well, the weird thing is when you take something out and it's like ice cold, that bitterness really punches much harder. Mm-hmm. And I find with something like this, you know, you, you sort of settle into it. I mean, I think there's a bit of <laughs> it's probably palate fatigue that makes it a bit <laughs> easier to drink after a few sips. Um, but it's certainly, um, yeah, definitely. Um, there's something a little bit metal about it, which I also would attribute to mugs. Like it is, like I love the bit. I love the level of bitterness, even if it's creeping up. It's 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 just it makes sense with the darkness and the hardness and the and the just the intensity of the whole thing. Um, even the ABV. David, you brewed a black IPA with kaiju for the Metallica tour that didn't actually happen. Um, how do you how do you feel this compares to the one that you did? For me, it has the best bits of... So I think I love a black IPA because of all the maltiness that sits behind it. And the best bits of an IPA is all about the, um, the way that the uh, hops sit over the top of it. And this does all of those things. It, it could have been the same beer I brewed. Sorry, sorry, Dave. <laughs> I might have stole your beer. <laughs> but, but then in a positive sense, I love this style of beer. Um, well, it, it, it's a style of beer that, like, it, it blew me away when the first time I ever came across this sort of thing is, like, one of the, one of the styles of beer, Cliff Burton of beers, yes, perfect, yep. perfect. Mm. Perfect analogy. Like you play the Orion bass solo of this. Um, but yeah, like the, the whole thing was because I was sort of starting to get into black beers, but I was also starting to get into like hoppier beers as they were starting to sort of come out, you know, in, in like the mid 2000s sort of thing. And there were a couple of like standoutish beers, like um, I think it was. Uh, Brood, was it Brewdog? Not Brewdog. Yeah, Brewdog Bashar. Um, Flying Dog Gonzo. And there was another one. And there's a couple of other black IPAs that came out and they were just horrendously just punchy and bitter. And but at the same time, had this like backbone of just like coffee and just roast. And it, it was like just this sensory overload sort of thing. And like they were not, nothing about it was shy at all. And like it was basically beer not made for mortal humans. (laughs) And that's sort of, I don't think that, to be honest, I wasn't actually going for that gear, but I sort of ended up (laughs) there. I mean, they were were double IPAs, they were, you know, nine percenters, you know, this. What's what's next, Muggs? What's the next pinnacle of home brewing for you? Um, so I'm very much across ciders and meads and, and hybrids of those sort of things. Um, I think I actually dropped Trav off, um, 
a hybrid of a really esoteric type of mead, which is brewed with a barley wine. I haven't and, cracked it yet. It's still sitting there waiting. Oh, like, like that, that thing um, needs time. Like, yeah. like all barley wines, you know, you could crack that in five years' time. It'd probably stand out all right. But, I mean, that, that's, that's my jam is, is, is using a lot of different ingredients because, like, the honey I use for the meads would be local honey. If I could, like, um, every year we'll do, like, a, a, like a harvest day where we, we do, do um, local hops and local apples to make cider and all that sort of stuff. So that's always been my thing is just, you know, adding, creating beers, and meads and, and ciders with like local ingredients. So, um, and I'm sort of trying to culture up some weird sort of sour shit and barrel age stuff in the background as well. Um, but that that's all. A oh, local locals Gippsland Max. Then sort of Yarram way. Which, um, which brings me to an interesting point that I. And I was going to bring this up that I made earlier on that Muggs was the only person to actually deliver uh, his beer to my doorstep, and we sat in my backyard and uh, and had a drink and a chat. Um, so the other three brewers who all kind of live in the local surrounds of Melbourne, um, I had to pick them up, and 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 Muggs decided he was going to get in his car and he was going to drive down to Melbourne. Deliver the beer. It was awesome, man. It was, and it was really good to see you. And you know, thank you for for doing this. We're gonna we're gonna start wrapping wrapping up tonight. But um, I think I'm all of us are in agreement. The the four beers have been absolutely amazing. And um, I think when I pitched this idea to David, I don't think any of us really knew what we were getting ourselves into or, or how it was going to play out. But uh, all four beers were, were just great. It's, it's, it's been, been a really cool night to try, try some of your beers. Um, guys, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure where to go oh, to I, from here. I'll tell, I'm, you, I'm no, no, I'll sure. tell you what, we asked all the homebrewers what's next. Let's ask Tim, Cocon, what's next? What's coming up? What's- well, that's, hang on, that's an interesting question, Tim. Out of the four beers we had tonight, which of the four would you guys brew? Oh, uh, which would we brew? What would what do I like? Or what? Um, because we what would we brew? I don't know. We brew all sorts of things, but um, we uh, we we brew pale ales, we brew IPAs. Um, so, uh, but so uh, it'd be e- easier to answer. Do, um, you know the the. Like, are we voting on a beer of the night? Are we doing that? Is that part of the plan? Oh, yes, we, we do. Mm. We do. Go on. <laughs> you can kick us off. Oh, okay. Um, look, overall, I really enjoyed all of them, but there was something about that English IPA. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think hats off to everyone. You've, uh, you've all brewed some really good beers, but the, the, that was a bit of a standout for me. Nice. Um, Warren, what about you, mate? I'm look, I'm not gonna throw my hat into that ring. I'm gonna let 
Tim be the one. He's the guest, and let's. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to. God, I'm happy, no, to no, I'm happy to let you make that call because I I found all of them really fascinating and delicious, and and I thought uh, everyone had just done fantastically well. Um, you know, I I've got. I'm I'm with you when I say when when I say this, but yeah, hats off to Max for trying something that's yeah really challenging. And I reckon I reckon like <clears throat> we say we we used to say that home brewing you make better beer than you, you than the commercial breweries do. But when it comes to a hazy, commercial breweries will always do that better because they've they've just got so many more resources and the scale helps them with a hazy. So you know, in that respect. Max, maybe a little bit, but I'm I wouldn't I'm not gonna go against him if he if he's Oh no, 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 no. I have I, not a not a beer judge in any way, shape, nor form. It's I, I think all four have been amazing and you're right on what you say, Warren. The Max, you're hazy, you went kind of you know, left of center and tried something different. And Oliver, your your English was just Bang on, but um, uh, for for me, mugs, you just nailed it. Uh, like everything about this black IPA is just brilliant. Like, um, yeah, really loving it, really digging it. Um, David, do you have a take on the four beers, my friend? Look, they're all magnificent, and I guess I'd sort of, you know, given that sort of Bruce McAvaney kind of, you know, opinion at the beginning. Um, I really do think that the different flavours that you can get out of a English-style beer from beginning to end make them fascinating. So every beer was a really good representation of what it was trying to do, but I could drink, you know, frankly, Oliver's English-style beer all the time because it's it'll always be fresh on the palate and it finishes nicely. And I, I, I just love the way that that, sort of makes it an interesting beer to drink time and time and time again. I I think that means in our, our roundabout way of not judging that the uh, the $50 Carlin voucher goes to Ollie. No, no, no. Hang on. I didn't mean that. No, oh. that. <laughs> no sorry. <laughs> Give it to someone more deserving than him. Um, guys, it's the whole night tonight had sort of shifted from where I originally thought we were going to go with it. But I think it's, uh, it's, it's worked really well and I've got my editing duties cut out for me to edit this down into a podcast. But um, I think everyone's had a really, really cool night. Um, Tim, thank you for coming on board and uh, giving us your view. It was really cool to, to see you again. And yeah, we, we love having you guys on, on the podcast, obviously. And, that was part of the reason I reached out to you. Uh, hopefully soon we get to come down and have a beer in a new venue. When's uh, when's that all happening? Ah, yeah, super excited. It, uh, so 11th of November today, all going well. Mm, probably shouldn't tell anyone, but I reckon close within a month-ish, you might be able to. Oh. I'm gonna, there's a big ish on that, big ish. Yeah. Um, so, cool room Christmas episode recorded live at yeah. Co-Conspirators Brewery House. It's Co-Conspirators Brewery. It's, is that what we? Is can we can we have our we scoop and call? Just ticking that off. Yeah, we would be very excited to have you. 
I'm being Glad very you generous said that. tonight, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks for your time, Tim. It's been amazing. Thank you for all your amazing insights. Um, I know you keep on saying you're not a beer judge, but but uh, yeah, your opinion's been really, really fascinating, and yeah, it's been an interesting point of view. Really Dave, David, have you got something to add before we leave tonight? No. No, there you go. That's... You're in charge, brother. There you go. Um, check out the Facebook page for the upcoming events. we got Vault City on next week. Um, there's some cool things coming up in December. Make sure you check out David's little thing with the Labor Party and there's Hawks beer packs available for that as well that you can purchase. Um I plan on grabbing one and sitting in to see the chat. I think it's going to be super exciting. So, and I reckon it's really cool that uh, they've they've come to the call room and David to to deal with that. I think that's that's a great little concept. So, um, make sure you check out the Facebook page. We are going to sign off. Brewers, you guys have been absolutely amazing. Um, Thanks, guys. This is it's it's been really cool, and your beer, your, the beers have just been excellent. So, uh, thank you for taking the time to brew them, um, and taking the time to deal with my endless messages and and banter in between. It uh, it was really cool, and hopefully we'll do this again. We'll see you all soon, guys. Well, thank you, Trav. That was awesome.